Chapter Twenty Two of My Reminiscences by Rabindranath Tagore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two, Patriotism. From an outside point of view, many a foreign custom would appear to have gained entry into our family, but at its heart flames a national pride which has never flickered. The genuine regard which my father had for his country never forsook him through all the revolutionary vicissitudes of his life, and this in his descendants has taken shape as a strong patriotic feeling. Love of country was, however, by no means a characteristic of the times of which I am writing. Our educated men then kept at arm's length both the language and the thought of their native land. Nevertheless, my elder brothers had always cultivated Bengali literature when on one occasion some new connection by marriage wrote my father an English letter. It was promptly returned to the writer. The Hindu Mela was an annual fair which had been instituted with the assistance of our house. Babu Nabagopal Mitha was appointed its manager. This was perhaps the first attempt at a reverential realization of India as our motherland. My second brother's popular national anthem, Bharata Jaya, was composed then. The singing of songs glorifying the motherland, the recitation of poems of the love of country, the exhibition of indigenous arts and crafts, and the encouragement of national talent and skill were the features of this mela. On the occasion of Lord Curzon's Delhi Darbar, I wrote a prose paper. At the time of Lord Lytton's, it was a poem. The British government of those days feared the Russians, it is true, but not the pen of a fourteen-year-old poet. So, though my poem lacked none of the fiery sentiments appropriate to my age, there was no signs of any consternation in the ranks of the authorities, from the commander-in-chief down to the commander of police. Nor did any lacrimose letter in the Times predict a speedy downfall of the empire for this apathy of its local guardians. I recited my poem under a tree at the Hindu Mela, and one of my hearers was Nabinsen, the poet, reminded me of this after I had grown up. My fourth brother, Jyotirindra, was responsible for a political association of which old Raj Narayan Bose was the president. It held its sittings in the tumble-down building in an obscure Calcutta lane. Its proceedings were enshrouded in mystery, this mystery was its only claim to be awe-inspiring, for as a matter of fact there was nothing in our deliberations or doings of which government or people need have been afraid. The rest of our family had no idea where we were spending our afternoons. Our friend door would be locked, the meeting-room in darkness, the watchword a Vedic mantra, our talk in whispers. These alone provided us with enough of a thrill and we wanted nothing more. Mere child as I was, I was also a member. We surround ourselves with such an atmosphere of pure frenzy that we always seemed to be soaring aloft on the wings of our enthusiasm. Of bashfulness, diffidence, or fear, we had none, our main object being to bask in the heat of our own fervor. Bravery may sometimes have its drawbacks but it has always maintained a deep hold on the reverence of mankind. In the literature of all countries, we find an unflagging endeavour to keep alive this reverence. 
so in whatever state a particular set of men in a particular locality may be they cannot escape the constant impact of their stimulating shocks we had to be content with responding to such shocks as best as we could by letting loose our imagination coming together talking tall and singing fervently there can be no doubt that the closing up all outlets and barring all openings to a faculty so deep-seated in the nature of man and moreover so praised by him creates an unnatural condition favourable to degenerate activity it is not enough to keep open only the avenues to clerical employment in any comprehensive scheme of imperial government if no road be left for adventurous daring the soul of man will pine for deliverance and secret passages will be sought of which the pathways are tortuous and the end unthinkable i firmly believe that if in those days government had paraded a frightful bond of suspicion then the comedy which the youthful members of this association had been at might have turned into grim tragedy the play however is over not a brick of fort william is any the worse and we are now smiling at its memory my brother jyotirindra began to busy himself with a national costume for all india and submitted various designs to the association the dhoti was not deemed business-like trousers were too foreign so he hit upon a compromise which considerably detracted from the dhoti while failing to improve the trousers this is to say the trousers were decorated with the addition of a false dhoti fold in the front and behind the fearsome thing that resulted from combining a turban with a solar tope our most enthusiastic member would not have had the temerity to call ornamental no person of ordinary courage would have dared it but my brother unflinchingly wore the complete suit in broad daylight passing through the house of an afternoon to the carriage waiting outside indifferent alike to the stare of relation or friend doorkeeper or coachman there may be many a brave indian ready to die for his country but there are but few i am sure who even for the good of the nation would face the public streets in such pan-indian garb every sunday my brother would get up a shikar party many of those who joined in it uninvited we did not even know there was a carpenter a smith and others from all ranks of society bloodshed was the only thing lacking in the shikar at least i cannot recall any in other appendages were so abandoned and satisfying that we felt the absence of dead or wounded game to be a trifling circumstance of no account as we were out from early morning my sister-in-law furnished us with a plentiful supply of luchis with appropriate accompaniments and as these did not depend on the fortunes of our chase we never had to return empty the neighbourhood of maniktola is not wanting in villa gardens we would turn into any of these at the end and high and low-born alike seated on the bathing platform of our tank would fling ourselves on the luchis in the right good earnest all that was left of them being the vessels they were brought in Brajababu was one of the enthusiastic of these bloodthirstless shikaris he was the superintendent of the metropolitan institution and had also been our private tutor for a time one day he had a happy idea of accosting the mali gardener 
of a villa garden into which we had thus trespassed with hallo has uncle been there lately the mali lost no time in saluting him respectfully before he replied no sir the master hasn't been lately all right get us some green coconuts of the trees we had a fine drink after our luchis that day a zemindar in a small way was among our party he owned a villa on the river side one day we had a picnic there together in defiance of caste rules in the afternoon there was a tremendous storm we stood on the riverside stairs leading into the water and shouted out songs to its accompaniment i cannot truthfully assert that all the seven notes of the scale could properly be distinguished in rajnarayan babu's singing nevertheless he sent forth his voice and as in the old sanskrit words the text is drowned by the notes so in rajnarayan babu's musical efforts the vigorous play of his limbs and features overwhelmed his feebler vocal performance his head swung from side to side marking time while the storm played havoc with his flowing beard it was late in the night when we turned homewards in a hackney carriage by that time the storm clouds had dispersed and the stars twinkled forth the darkness had become intense the atmosphere silent the village roads deserted and the thickets on either side filled with fireflies like a carnival of sparks scattered in some noiseless revelry one of the objects of our association was to encourage the manufacture of lucifer matches and similar small industries for this purpose each member had to contribute a tenth of his income matches had to be made but matchwood was difficult to get for though we all known with that fiery energy a bundle of kangras footnote the dried and stripped centre vein of a coconut leaf lies a long tapering stick of average thickness of a matchstick and a bundle of these goes to make common bengal household broom which in the hands of a housewife is popularly supposed to be useful in keeping the whole household in order from the husband downwards its effect on a bare back is here alluded to end of footnote can be wielded in capable hands the thing that burns at its touch is not a lampwick after many experiments we succeeded in making a box full of matches the patriotic enthusiasm which was thus evidenced did not constitute their only value for the money that was spent in their making might have served to light the family hearth for the space of a year another little defect was that these matches could not be got to burn unless there was light handy to touch them up with if they could only have inherited some patriotic flame of which they were born they might have been marketable even today news came to us that some young student was trying to make a power loom off we went to see it none of us had the knowledge with which to test its practical usefulness but in our capacity for believing and hoping we were inferior to none the poor fellow had got into a bit of debt over the cost of his mission which we repaid for him then one day we found rajabhu coming home to our house with a flimsy country towel tied round his head made in our loom he shouted as his hands uplifted he executed a war dance the outside of rajabhu's head had then already begun to ripen into grey 
at last some worldly wise people came and joined our society made us taste of the fruit of knowledge and broke up our little paradise when i first knew rajnarayan babu i was not old enough to appreciate his many-sidedness in him were combined many opposites in spite of his hoary hair and beard he was as sing as the youngest of us his venerable exterior serving only as a white mantle for keeping his youth perpetually fresh even his extensive learning had not been able to do him any damage for it left him absolutely simple to the end of his life the incessant flow of his hearty laughter suffered no check neither from the gravity of age nor ill health nor domestic affliction nor profundity of thought nor variety of knowledge all of which had been his in ample measure he had been a favorite pupil of richardson and had brought up in an atmosphere of english learning nevertheless he flung aside all obstacles due to his early habit and gave himself up lovingly and devotedly to bengali literature though the meekest of men he was full of fire which flamed its fiercest in its patriotism as though to burn to ashes the shortcomings and destitutions of his country the memory of this smile sweetened forever illumined lifelong youthful saint is one that is worth cherishing by our countrymen end of chapter 22 read by lambda